Hi, my name is Francis McDonald, and I am the CEO of Lift Power, and we are focused on developing our Yellowknife Lithium project. Francis, good to see you. Um, happy New Year to you. I haven't seen you since before, before Christmas. Hey, um, we, I just want to talk about something very, very specific today, um, which is the fact that the lithium market and lithium price have come way off. That's all anyone's talking about. October uh, 2022, plus 80,000 bucks, hit as low as 12,000 bucks um, in the last month. It's a nightmare out there. Um, how do you read it? The lithium price has come way off. Like you said, I think we're down 80% in the last four months or so, or sorry, since since the, the top of the market at 2022. But it's been a constant downtrend for the last four months. So like any commodity, this is expected. We, we have these times where there's too much supply, there's not enough supply, demand is going down, demand's going up, and you look at any commodity chart, this happens. So this is this is a, a good thing in in some regards. And for us at Lyft, we really do consider this to be good because if you believe you have a world class asset, it's great. It takes away all the noise and you can get some real work done in advanced projects while other people are um, capital Deprived. Well, well, let's look at that because last year, and I think we jo I joked about it with you when we were in Quebec and, and obviously in subsequent calls, which is everyone wanted to be a lithium company last year. We had gold companies, nickel companies, all converting over to being lithium companies. It was the thing to be, jumping on the bandwagon. And you all say the same things. And I, and I think you, you, you probably, you know, you, you know they, they wanted to be you guys, right? So therefore they said, whatever you were saying. So for us as investors, it's really hard to distinguish and differentiate between all of you lithium pegmatite guys. So how do I do that? Well, I think it comes down to scale. And when, as an investor, I think that's an important thing to look for because there's lots of small projects in the world. There's lots of small deposits and you can, you can have a rock sample. You pick up a rock and you say, okay, I've got a deposit here. But what does that actually mean? And so scale, as long as you're focused on finding world-class deposits and you have a world-class deposit, those deposits are always going to be good places to put money. And that's really what does differentiate uh, projects against each other, I, I think. Well, well, everyone thinks they're going to get scale. I mean, that, that's all CEOs come in and talk to me about, where we're, we're going we're gonna to make this really, really big. We're going to drill the heck out of it. But And if they're all saying that, how does Lyft stand out from the crowd? There's got to be more to it because the, this, you've got to either demonstrate scale because uh, everyone's talking about scale. You've got to demonstrate scale and continue to hit the grades that you're hitting. Uh, what else is there? Well, just back to the scale part. So demonstrating scale was very easy for us because the lithium deposits stick out of the ground. And a lot of the time you come in and you have a rock sample and you've got an outcrop that might be two meters by two meters and you're making an inference that you have scale so there is a lot of risk in that still and that's that's why a lot of exploration companies have you know a challenge in terms of market cap because people just don't understand that it's actually there yet so for us it was easy because you can go on google earth google maps you can see these things from space and there was a lot of historic work done, and all we needed to do was drill underneath them. 
And that was the big thing. I mean, you can drill underneath these great oak crops sometimes and there's nothing there. So that was the risk. But as if, if anyone's been following Lyft, we've been putting out drill results every week for the last months and it's very consistent. You know, what we see on surface is mostly what we're getting at depth. We've had some surprises for the good and for the bad, but in general, it's very similar. And, and when you look at what we have on surface, there is scale. I mean, these things go for two kilometers and they're up to 30 meters wide. So it's, uh, it's easy to see. Okay. So if, if I look at markets like uranium or, or nickel, all those guys kind of, and, and copper, they all say, we need all the uranium, all the nickel, all the copper we can get because we're, we're, you know, it's getting expensive to find it. It's getting, you're getting harder to have, you know, find teams who can actually, get, you know, go in and get these things into production. Do we need all the lithium companies that are on the uh, public exchanges at the moment? I don't think so. You know, I think there there is a lot of lithium out there. And the thing with lithium is that it's a it's a fairly small market. When people are saying, oh, it's we need to, you know, 50x the amount of lithium in the world, uh, that is true, but that's because the amount is so small. And we can, we will be able to supply the world with lithium. Uh, it's just how quickly can you get these deposits up and running and how do you capture market share? Because at some point, there's going to, the world's going to be swimming in lithium. Like it's, uh, you know, as we allocated dollars as an exploration business, we're, we're seeing new pegmatites pop out all, all over the place. And so it really is a race. You know, we need to be aware of that um, as a company um, to, to advance these projects before other people do. Okay. So I'm glad you said that um, because it feels like it's a first mover advantage thing. So you're saying, if the company can show scale, I mean, not talk about it, show scale and consistent grades. I'm, I'm going plus plus one percent for me is 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 good. Anything above that is is an absolute bonus. Um, what are the other things, the factors I should be looking for? Because obviously, it's a kind of quite an interesting marketplace out there for lithium. And te- technically, you know, China is attributed with all the. The skill sets necessary to kind of actually get process that. And we're seeing African companies and African countries um, kind of, you know, doing DSO projects. It, it, it feels like if you don't move quickly, you're in trouble. So I agree with you what you're saying. What about jurisdictional risk? Is that is that a is that a thing in this sector? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's a, a thing in every sector, but more so in lithium, just because, like you were saying, China is dominating at least some parts of the supply chain and right now a lot of the the refining capacity or conversion capacity is in china but china doesn't have a lot of the raw materials in order to make the lithium chemicals for the batteries so we've seen them scouring the world for the last 10 years and i remember when i was in quebec working with Kenorland minerals so we had a, a project in northern quebec there was a lithium deposit rate off of our claims and a Chinese company came in and bought it for an exorbitant amount of money, which at the time seemed silly, but now it looks like a stroke of genius. And they've been all over the place securing access to these critical minerals for the last decade. So from a jurisdictional risk standpoint, there's always, or from a geopolitical standpoint, you always have to look at the dynamics between China and the rest of the world. And then from a jurisdictional risk standpoint, 
uh, you know, I think we've seen a lot of upheaval in South America in the last while. So Chile, which was the world's largest lithium producer until Australia upended that, um, there's been issues there. So SQM, Chilean lithium producer, uh, the government was uh, forcing them, basically forcing them to, to do a deal with the state-owned enterprise. So, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen. Argentina is, is in upheaval again and uh, with new leadership, and we'll see how that plays out. And then, like you said, in Africa, there are these DSO projects. And one of the big contributors to supply in the last year or so was Zimbabwe. There's a lot of Chinese companies operating in Zimbabwe, and they were direct shipping ore to China. But now the Zimbabwean government is trying to put an end to that and making people do some of the processing in countries. So those that increase in supply is very fragile. And there's a lot of different jurisdictional or geopolitical factors that can completely cut out a lot of it. And we've been talking, we've talked about this before. This is a new market. It's a new commodity, but well, new, new in, in terms of how much it's being used. And because everything's so new and the supply chains aren't as developed, I think we're just going to see this whipsaw effect over the next, let's call it decade where we're going to see, yes, there's more supply. Oh, that supply went away. Um, but the one constant is that demand keeps going up. So we will see these drastic swings, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree I agree with that. Nascent, nascent industries, you know, it, the sector's got to, got to find its feet and sort of set, settle on a, a range um, which which kind of works for all. Um, yeah, and, and and also with regards to the, the jurisdictional bit, I've noticed obviously some of the South American big, big players down there you know, acquiring some Aussie assets. So they're not just looking in-country, they're looking beyond their own borders, which is, suggests in terms of their risk mitigation, um, they have a view about <laughs> the politics of it in-country. Um, money. One of the differentiators, you said, you know, some, some, of the, some of the kind of people who jumped on the bandwagon last year were able to go and raise some money, which I guess is the reason they did it, pays the salaries, right? Um, but that's not available. That does not seem available at the moment. People are nervous about this, this whipsawing that uh, that you describe. Some of those companies will struggle to find money this year. How are you for money? Um, what have you been doing with it? What will you be doing with it going forward? Sure. Yeah. So we did a financing earlier in the fall. So we brought in about twelve and a half million, and so we're sitting at about seventeen million right now, and we're just getting ready to go out and start a winter drill program. So that's going to kick off next week. And the goal here is we're just continuing to expand the resources that we've already defined so far. So we'll be putting money to work, um, you know, making this project bigger with the goal of, of getting it towards that, that kind of world-class status. And, uh, and we've got a big environmental program running this year as well. Well, explain, explain that. Because again, coming back to this differentiator thing, because we have so many inbound about how do I tell which one of these companies is good, which ones are not good? They're all saying the same thing. It's hard for me. So just on the money side, why do the drilling thing? In a market like this, what, what does that do for you? You, you mentioned scale there, but what, what else does it do for you? It's, it's a good question because if this was something like a gold project or a copper project, it might make sense to just stretch it out. You know, just just wait it out, see what happens, do some low cost work that would still add value. 
but we believe that lithium is a hot commodity now, but it might not be in 10 years. So, you know, you want to get these projects up and running to make sure that you're not in that, you know, let's say, let's say lithium price falls apart for an extended amount of time because there really is enough supply that the world's brought online. You don't want to be trying to build a lithium project at that point. You know, you want to have built it five years before and have paid off all your capex and you know yeah you can survive because you've already captured market share and and paid everything off so that's kind of the idea is we're really trying to advance this as quickly as possible even if it is in a in a downturn in, in lithium prices that's interesting so you think it's important to kind of keep moving forward while others are i guess frozen for the moment because it puts some distance between you for when the market comes back. Is that, is that the gist of what you just said? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, okay. So you finished the trail program. Can you just tell us, give us a little bit more detail on the up and coming uh, winter trail program, if you don't mind? How many meters are we talking about? Uh, we're going to put 15,000 in. So we're, we're scaling okay. it back a little bit. We were kind of thinking about 20,000, but just with the market conditions, we think, you know, we should stretch it a bit and uh, be a little bit more prudent. But 15,000 meters is going to be still quite a bit of drilling. We're going to add lots of tonnage out of that. So uh, it's going to be an exciting winter. Okay, fine. Um, and just it's like, I appreciate that because I'm, I'm, I'm asking a lot of lithium companies the same questions and sort of seeing how, how they respond. And, you know, you know, the jumping up and down and waving of arms time, I don't think works anymore for a lot of them. So... Um, interesting times for I guess some of the people being writing in um, to us is you know to pick companies with strong fundamentals and a plan and the cash to actually be able to deliver it so that's good now you've been making some changes of your own notice that I'm a little sort of shake up at board level um why who yeah so I mean we we brought three new directors in and the reason is is we're we're advancing as a company things are getting more serious and and the people that we brought in I think from their CVs, you can see the skill sets that they're bringing. And I'll talk through a couple of them. So Eva Bellissimo is a, a M&A lawyer. And so she acted for Newcrest in the Newmont acquisition of Newcrest. She acted for Ballet on the base metal spin out. So she's been involved in these massive transactions. And the, on the trajectory that we're at right now, you could conceivably... Uh, see that there could be some kind of transaction on the horizon. So we just want to get ready for that. And the other people, Paul Gruner, so Paul is an indigenous business leader. And the the key First Nation or or the most affected First Nation around our Yellowknife project is called the Yellowknives Dene. Paul was the CEO of the Yellowknives Dene Development Corp for I think five or six years. Then he was the CEO of the Taltan Development Corp in BC. And now he's the CEO of the Clicho Development Corp. And this is another indigenous group in Yellowknife. So he has about 20 years of leading indigenous development corporations. And he's very well connected with local indigenous, but also local politicians. Uh, and then Andre Saint-Germain. So Andre was a banker. She was with Golden Queen. And then she was with, El or sorry, not El Dorado, um, Integra on the way to the El Dorado acquisition and uh, currently with Integra number two. So you can see the people that we're 
bringing in. This is really the next leg up in terms of advancing the company. Ben's strength being improved. I like it. I like it. Well, I, I, th- I, like, I like it in the sense that it kind of shows intent. It's quite aggressive, which is, which, which is good. Um, and I, I guess tells a story in the market for people looking in here because you got, you've been very clear about, you know, being quick to move through the phases um, to some sort of liquidity event. Now, that could be sell it, farming, JV, build it, who, who knows? But um, I guess for industry looking in, they've got to, they've got to know who can, as you say, deliver the, the, the scale and the continuing grade in a jurisdiction which which is which is going to work um and that you've got to stand out from the crowd so you know i think the board editions perhaps do a lot of that for you so well like um francis um thanks for asking the question i know you're a um, busy guy um so i appreciate you making the time for us but stay in touch let's know how you get on with the new drill, drill program okay absolutely thanks for having me on